This episode of Never Not Knitting is brought to you by Sandra Singh Online Yarn Shop. Visit the shop online at www.sandrasingh.com. Hi, this is Alana, and you're listening to the Never Not Knitting Podcast. and welcome to episode 46. As you might have already noticed, you have a new host today. It's Sikalana. Yes, I've been sick now for over a week, and I was really hoping that this laryngitis would clear in time for the podcast, but no, not entirely. So I'm sorry, you are stuck with me. It's really not as bad as it used to be. I just kind of have a touch of it at this point but a few days ago, my voice pretty much resembled a dying frog. So be thankful that you don't have to go through that. So as always, I'd like to first start out the episode by announcing last episode's drawing winner. Everyone who left a comment under the drawing blog post for episode 45 was entered to win a brand new signed copy of the book New England Knits, along with the collection of gift tags from Knitterella. I randomly picked a commenter using the online random number generator, and I'm happy to announce that the winner is Maria. Congratulations. So please, Maria, when you hear this, email me at nevernotknitting at gmail.com to claim your prize and so that I can send this out to you right away. Thanks to everyone who participated. I'll be announcing a new drawing at the end of this episode, so be sure to stay tuned. So yes, being sick, of course, has not been fun, but it has definitely allowed me to have a lot of extra knitting time, which I really appreciated. For instance, last week, I pretty much stayed in my bed Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and I got so much knitting done. Usually this completely wouldn't be possible because I'm constantly pulled in different directions by the needs of my four-year-old daughter and all the household responsibilities. I'm sure most all of you are in the same boat. But since this week I was feeling so terrible, I couldn't do all of those things that I normally have to do. So I had some wonderful distraction-free knitting time. It kind of made me want to get sick more often. Each morning, I found myself waking up thinking, (coughs) 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 Oh good, I'm still sick. I get to sit in my bed and knit some more. Now, I'm sure that sitting in your bedroom knitting, day in and day out, might become quite dull and depressing. Maybe. But... Maybe not. I have to tell you, for those three days, it was pretty fun. So during this sick time of mine, I turned into an obsessive knitter again. My head was just flooded with ideas for designs, and I felt like I couldn't knit fast enough. In fact, I completed a new pattern while I was sick. A new fingerless mitt design that's with my technical editors now. And I'm hoping that that will be released soon, by the end of the month. We'll have to see. 
I'll be telling you all about it in the next episode, I'm sure. So yes, being sick was a very miserable but productive experience for me. Also, last week, I had a new pattern of mine released by the Spud and Chloe Yarn Company. It was two years ago now that the company first approached me and asked if I'd be interested in joining their design team. And it was a year and a half ago that I turned in this latest design, the campfire jacket, which they renamed the best friend sweater. Honestly, I had no idea that it would take this long to be published because the first design that I turned into them came out just a few months later. So with this sweater, I just kept waiting and waiting and having these kind of paranoid thoughts like maybe they lost my sweater or maybe they just decided it was really, really ugly and are wondering why did we purchase this pattern from her? I wasn't really sure, but I was very relieved when I saw that it was finally released. So again, the pattern is called the best friend sweater. And what it is, it's this little button-up cardigan jacket with hidden kangaroo pockets and a collar that folds down. And the cool thing about this design, in my opinion, is that it's knit all in one piece from the bottom up. Even the pockets are knitted into the sweater. So this greatly minimizes the finishing work. When I first designed this little sweater, I knit it with little boys in mind. I used a dark green color of the Spud and Chloe sweater yarn, which was the colorway Chipmunk. And also I picked out these awesome rustic handmade tree branch buttons on Etsy to finish it off. To me, it looked very cute and boyish. And the dark green paired with the buttons really gave it an outdoorsy theme. I guess I never really thought of it on a girl. If I was to have designed it for a girl, I probably would have chosen another color and different buttons, but that's just me. But the interesting thing about this is that the Sweden Chloe company saw this design in a different light. They upsized the pattern all the way to a children's size 12, and they showed it modeled on a girl. So, go figure. And, you know, it works. It's not what I had originally envisioned, but it's such a basic design that it's something that I can see a girl being able to wear. And of course, it's nice to have the pattern offered in such a big size range. But yes, as you can tell, I'm a bit partial to my original little sweater. So if you'd like to see a picture of both versions, I did post about it on my blog recently. And I will link to that post in this episode's show notes. So in this episode, I wanted to talk to you about a yarn. But not just any yarn. It's the yarn that's listed as the number one most popular yarn on Ravelry.com. Yes, there are over 61,000 projects listed on Ravelry using it. Can you guess which yarn I'm referring to? Yep, you guessed it. It's Cascade 220. Now, this is a yarn that I myself am very familiar with. I have more of it in my stash than I care to admit. I've worked with it several, several times, 
and let me tell you, it is a great yarn. Now, most of the yarns that I choose to talk about on the podcast are wonderfully soft, or they come in gorgeous hand-dyed colorways, or are made up of unique, exotic fiber blends. But this one is not one of those yarns. Cascade 220 is great for different reasons entirely. Reason number one. It's an extremely durable 100% wool that truthfully isn't unbelievably soft, but also it isn't scratchy either. Reason number two. It comes in about a trillion different colorways. There's vibrant solids, heathered colors, variegated, you name it, they have it. There are tons of options. And by the way, they do have a superwash version of Cascade 220 as well. And then finally, as if those two reasons weren't enough, there's reason number three. This yarn is cheap. You get 220 yards of wool for around $7. And remember, this is 100 grams. Most yarn is put up in 50 gram hanks or balls, so it's kind of like you're getting twice as much for only $7. If it was put up in 50 gram hanks, it would only be $3.50. And for a 100% good quality wool, that's a really good price. Knitters just love Cascade 220, and as you can see, it has become very, very popular in our knitting community. And it's very easy to understand why. Because Cascade 220 is a four-ply worsted weight wool, it's very versatile. This yarn, first of all, is ideal for felting projects. It felts perfectly, and since there are so many colors available, you can create some stunning felted projects. Now, if you don't believe me, you must check out Noni Designs by Nora Bellows. I believe that she uses Cascade 220 exclusively in her work, and it, it is truly stunning. I'll be sure to post a link to her designs in this episode's show notes. Now, felting was really, really big a couple of years ago. I went through a huge felting phase myself. But what if you're not really into felting, or you felted so much that your washing machine broke, and you're on to knitting sweaters? Well, many knitters use Cascade 220 for garments as well. And for good reason. You know how it is as a knitter. You want to make that gargantuan sweater coat for yourself out of that luxury fiber that the pattern calls for. Only the yarn is $20 a ball and you need 15 balls of it. But if you're looking at a pattern that say, calls for a thousand yards of a worsted weight yarn, you would only need five skeins of Cascade 220 to complete it, and it's only going to set you back about $35, which is very doable, so it's an extremely affordable option. The other benefit to using this yarn in the garment is that it's very durable. It's applied yarn, so that's automatically sturdier than a single ply. And also, this is a Peruvian highland wool, not merino. So yes, it's not as soft and silky, but it will definitely wear better. As much as I love the luxury of a single-ply merino like Malabrigo, I have to tell you, those yarns do have more of a tendency to pill, 
and to not last as long. It's a very sad but true fact. So basically, what I'm trying to say is that Cascade 220 would create a long-wearing, cost-effective, warm sweater. It's a practical, affordable choice, and I highly recommend it. And I should mention, for those of you who would like to make a wool sweater but don't want to hand wash it, there is always a Superwash Cascade 220. It's a few dollars more, but well worth it for those of you who hate hand washing. So, if you would like to give Cascade 220 a try and see what all the fuss is about, or if it's already a tried and true favorite of yours and you'd like to restock your supply, then you'll be happy to know that this episode's sponsor, SandraSing.com, has offered a great opportunity to those of you listening. Sandra Singh always offers Cascade 220 at a discounted price of $6.65 per ball. But she also offers bulk rates for more savings. For instance, you can get five balls of one color for 10% off, which would be $31.50. And remember, this is enough to make a 1,000-yard sweater. Or, if you order 10 balls, you get 15% off. So it's a really good deal for sure. Additionally, Sandra is offering a special discount just for the Never Not Knitting listeners. You can receive free U.S. shipping on any order of $50 or more through sandersing.com through January 15th. You just need to enter the code NNKFREE01 during the checkout process. This free shipping code will save you $6.99 in shipping costs. So I think that this is a great opportunity for you to treat yourself to a sweater's worth of yarn. So please pay sandrasing.com a visit and check out all of the gorgeous colorways available in Cascade 220. And of course, what would this episode be without another giveaway? sandrasing.com has kindly provided me with some Cascade 220 for this episode's giveaway. So all of you have a chance to win a couple of skeins of your very own to work with. But more about the giveaway later. For now, I have a new knitting story to share with you. This story was contributed by knitwear designer and brand new mom, Melinda Bernardi from the French Press Knits blog, who put herself on the map with her very popular French press slipper pattern. This is her personal knitting story, entitled A Knitter's Hands. My story today is about a knitter's hands, the things they can accomplish, and the work they can create. But before I tell you my story, I want to give you a little background into who I am. First of all, I wouldn't say that I'm a very creative or artsy person, but I would say I'm a crafty person. Ever since I can remember, I've always enjoyed creating with my hands and having a tangible product for my work. It is so satisfying to be able to stand back at the end of the day and be able to see exactly what I've accomplished. As fellow knitters, I'm sure you'll all understand. By day, I work in the business world. And although I'm very thankful for my job, it has nothing to do with creating or making things. So, in the spring of 2009, I decided I would start an Etsy shop as a sort of creative outlet for my life. 
I started by coming up with the designs that I could make quickly and required a little monetary investment. Chunky cowls and felted baby booties were the name of the game, but I also had a vision of a feminine felted slipper in my mind. I loved ballet flats and wanted to design a cute and comfy felted pair to wear around the house. With much trial and error and a whole lot of wasted felted yarn, the French press felted slippers came onto the scene. I loved my new slippers and was eager to put them in my Etsy shop. And to my surprise, I found that others loved the slippers as much as I did, and the two pairs I listed were sold in a couple hours. I got to work making more slippers and refining the pattern for even faster production. With requests for the slippers also came requests for the patterns. It's one thing to design a pattern to knit for yourself, but it is a whole different story to write it up for others. So I would kindly respond to Etsy convos, letting fellow knitters know that the pattern was not available and slippers were keeping me, and by this time my husband, plenty busy. In these convos from knitters, I was often being told that I should get on to Ravelry, write up my patterns, and sell them there. I checked out Ravelry, but at first it was a little overwhelming. It looked like a lot of blank screens, and I didn't feel like uploading pictures of projects that I was working on. But later that summer, when I was making my first sweater for myself, I started using Ravelry as the wonderful resource it is. At this time, I decided I would post a few pictures of my slippers on my project page. The response from knitters was more than overwhelming, and I decided it was finally time to write up the pattern. As soon as I listed the pattern, other knitters got to work on their own little feminine felted slippers. It was so fun to watch project after project pop up. I got to see a whole new variety of slipper colors and embellishments, and this is such a great joy for a designer. Pretty soon, some other Ravelers suggested that I start a French press knits group on Ravelry where people making the slippers and other designs could come to ask questions and share hints and tips. There were quite a few people asking about the seaming of the slippers and what exactly the Bickford seam looked like. Some were even commenting that the seaming of the slippers was taking longer than the knitting. This was the last thing I wanted. The Bickford seam was chosen to be very simple, quick, and because felting hides it, ugly. I would typically see in a pair of slippers in about 10 minutes, but was hearing reports of people taking hours to seam their slippers. I decided to post a few seaming video tutorials on my website to give people a better idea of the simplicity of the seam. At the same time, I took updated pictures of the stages of seaming for the pattern to get it ready for a new layout and wholesaling to yarn shops. Now I told you this story would be about a knitter's hands, and by now you may be wondering what all this has to do with the hands of a knitter. Like I said earlier, a knitter's hands can do very impressive things. We have the ability to take a one-dimensional, single thread and transform it into a two-dimensional fabric or three-dimensional garment. I am very proud of the work my hands can produce. The more I knit, the more I learn, and new skills are constantly instilled into my hands. Sometimes I'm surprised as I'm knitting along at the movements of my hands. I feel like they can move faster than my brain. They seem to even knit faster when I'm thinking about it the least. I'm proud of my hands and the work they perform, but I know they aren't the most beautiful. Okay, we're not talking man hands from Seinfeld, but my hands are actually the same size as my husband's. Like I said, I'm not embarrassed about this, and I'm sure my large hands help me out with many things, knitting skills included, 
but in at least this particular incident, I wouldn't have minded not having them noticed. So, recently I was dropping off some cowl patterns to a local yarn shop. The yarn shop owner noticed that the pictures included in the pattern were actually of me modeling the garments. She said how nice this was to see, and also commented that she noticed the use of my husband's hands in the French press felted slipper pattern pictures. At first, I was a little confused, but when I realized she was talking about my very own hands, I wasn't exactly sure how to respond. Honestly, it made me laugh a little, and I felt a little guilty letting her know that the hands in the pictures were a woman's, and that they were mine. I suppose it's time I start doing more with this knitting and cross-hand modeling off my list of potential future occupations. Thank you so much, Melinda, for sharing your story with the podcast. I'll be posting a link to Melinda's Ravelry page, as well as her blog in this episode's show notes. And also, if you have never seen her French press slipper pattern before, now would be a great time to crawl out from underneath that big rock you've been living under and go check out that pattern. It's one of the cutest felted patterns I've seen. If I actually owned a washing machine that felted things or knew of anyone else who owned such a machine, I would definitely make these. Oh, how I miss my non-energy efficient top loader. Melinda has also kindly donated a signed copy of her slipper pattern to add to this episode's drawing prize. And guess what? You need two skeins of Cascade 220 to make these slippers. So the prizes go together pretty nicely, don't you think? Additionally, Spud and Chloe just sent me some copies of the Best Friend sweater pattern, so I'll be including one of those in the drawing prize as well. This pattern would also be a great match for the 220. I'll be announcing all of the drawing details on my blog very soon, so be sure to drop by and enter. Again, the show notes for this episode and every episode of Never Not Knitting can be found on my blog at nevernotknitting.com. You can also find me over on Ravelry as Never Not Knitting. And if you'd like to get in contact with me, please email me at nevernotknitting at gmail.com. Well, I think that's it for episode 46. Thank you again for listening today. And please join me back January 1st for another great episode. I'll be featuring a knitting story from designer Hannah Fettig of KnitBot.com. Until then! She won't even do the dishes The house plants, they're all dead Yeah, her needles are a-clicking From morning until she goes to bed Won't take the time to brush her teeth Let's not even talk about her hair If it isn't about knitting She just doesn't really care She's never not knitting And it's making her husband mad Her husband mad Pop ramen again She just won't stop the stitching And the neighbors say it really is quite sad I don't know about her She used to be such a sweet
touches Nick. Nobody has clean laundry. No pants, no shirts, no underwear. But they have closets full of sweaters and more socks than they could ever wear. There's yard in the fridge, in the cupboards, the bathtub and pantry. It's even in the washer and dryer. That's why she can't do any laundry. I need some clothes. She's never not knitting, and it's making her husband mad. Her husband mad. I'm filing for divorce. She just won't stop her stitching, and the neighbors say it's really getting bad. She's taking pictures of socks again. Oh, poor girl. The house is burning up in flames. Call 911. Her husband says, Get up, let's go. But she can't set down her project. She says, Just let me finish up this row. She's never not knitting. And it's making her husband mad. Her husband mad. She just won't stop her stitching. And, well, she's losing all she had.